Peace be upon you. Uh, so for many years, there's been much debate regarding the meaning of the word messenger, which is Rasul in Arabic, and the word prophet, which is Nabi in Arabic. Some people claim that these two words are synonymous, that you can interchange them, and others claim that no, there is a distinction between the words, but what their distinction is varies. So God willing, in this episode, we're going to look at what is a prophet, a Nabi, and a messenger, and a Rasul using the verses of the Quran. And the key takeaways that God willing, I'm going to show is that prophets and messengers are categorically different. They are not interchangeable. That prophets are a subcategory of messengers, and that prophets are given scripture. And in Arabic, that's atta kitab. They are given scripture from God, while messengers their responsibility is the dissemination of information from God. So let's start with this first claim that these two words are synonymous. If messenger and prophet are synonymous, then we wouldn't expect to see these two words used in conjunction to one another. But in Surah 19, there is a distinct pattern where individuals are called out and God applies two descriptors to that individual. And we see this pattern Firstly, in Surah 19, verse 41, it reads, mentioned in the scripture, Abraham, he was a saint, a prophet. And in 1956, it reads, and mentioned in the scripture, Idris, he was a saint, a prophet. This verse shows that there is a distinction between a saint and a prophet. Something else that we can pull from these verses is that a saint is a much broader category than a prophet, such that not all saints are prophets, but all prophets are saints. For instance, in Surah 5, verse 75, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is called a saint. But nowhere in the Quran do we see Mary called a prophet. This is because the category of a saint is much broader than the category of a prophet, such that, again, all prophets by default are saints, but not all saints necessarily are prophets. So what does this have to do with the concept of prophet and messenger? We see the same pattern used twice in the same surah. In 1951, it reads, mentioned in the scripture Moses. He was devoted. He was a messenger prophet, a Rasulah Nabiyan. So this is showing that there is a categorical distinction between a messenger and a prophet. And similarly, in 1954, it reads, and mentioned in the scripture Ishmael. He was truthful when he made a promise. He was a messenger prophet. Again, we see this concept of a categorical distinction between a messenger and a prophet. Now, if we take the same idea as before, that the first category is broader, then we can say that the category of a messenger is broader than the category of a prophet. Therefore, every prophet is also going to be a messenger, but not every messenger is necessarily a prophet. So from these verses alone, we can show that there's a categorical distinction between a messenger, a rasul, and a prophet, a nabi, because God is using these two descriptors next to one another, as opposed to using them interchangeably. Secondly, we see that a prophet, a nabi, is a subcategory of a messenger, a rasul. Therefore, prophets are messengers, but messengers are not necessarily prophets, just like the previous two verses where we saw that they were called saints and prophets. Because again, every prophet by default will be a saint, but not necessarily is every saint a prophet. 
We see a similar example in the uh, Quran regarding messengers themselves, that when they're described to the people, they're called human messengers. Nowhere in the Quran do we see them called messenger humans, because again, the human being is a broader category than messengers, because not every human being is a messenger, but among the human beings, there are messengers. It reads in Surah 17, verse 93 through 94, it says, or unless you own a luxurious mansion, or unless you climb into the sky, even if you do climb, we will not believe unless you bring a book that we can read. Say, glory be to my Lord, am I any more than a human messenger? What prevented the people from believing when the guidance came to them is their saying, did God send a human messenger? Again, the broader category, human, is mentioned first, then the subcategory, messenger, is mentioned second. Additionally, we see the same pattern in the following verse regarding the angels, where they're called angel messengers. It reads in Surah 17, verse 95, say, If the earth were inhabited by angels, we would have sent to them from the sky an angel messenger. So what this shows us is, again, that not all messengers are angels, but among the angels, there are messengers. This shows that among angels, a subcategory is messengers. Similarly, among humans, a subcategory is that of messengers. Nowhere in the Quran do you see the concept of a messenger human or a messenger angel. It's always an angel messenger or a human messenger. First, the broader category, then the more narrow category. And there's another distinction that needs to be made regarding messengers, again, in Arabic, Rasul. We see that in this example, that these are messengers authorized by God. And the question is, can there be a messenger who serves the function that is not authorized by God? And we see this example in the Quran of a general purpose messenger who's not authorized by God in the history of Joseph. In Surah 12, verse 50, it says, The king said, bring him to me. When the messenger came to him, which is Joseph, he said, go back to your Lord and ask him to investigate the women who cut their hands. My Lord is fully aware of their schemes. So here is a Rasul who's not authorized by God. And this shows that the function of a messenger can be carried out by individuals. That this is something that, again, is more general than what we will see in regards to a prophet. Because nowhere in the Quran do we see anyone other than individuals authorized by God being called a prophet. We never see angels being called prophets. We never see any other entity that is not authorized by God ever be given the label of a prophet inside the entire Quran. And again, this shows that the concept of prophet is a more narrow scope than that of a messenger. So from this, here are some of the additional takeaways. That there are messengers among the humans and angels. That there are messengers who are authorized by God. And that there are messengers who are not authorized by God. And this shows that the function of a messenger can be divine, something that's authorized by God, or it could serve a worldly necessity. That individuals can serve the function of a messenger and have nothing to do with serving a message from God. And that throughout the entire Quran, we only see humans that are authorized by God being called prophets, receiving that label.
that you never see this applied to any other individual who is either A, not authorized by God, or B, not a human. So up until this point, we've only looked at the high-level assessments regarding these two words, a prophet, a nabi, and a messenger, a rasul. And we haven't looked at what the words actually mean in context. So God willing, let's take a look at what these words mean. The root for the word rasul, messenger, comes from the root ra sin lam. And this root is typically associated with the act of sending, like in the word arsal, which uh, would be translated as he sent. The root, on the other hand, for the word nabi, prophet, comes from the root nun ba alef. And this root is typically associated with the act of informing, but not just informing any information, specifically new information, telling someone something that they never knew before. In addition to this meaning for uh, Nabi, the root of the word Nabi, we see that the etymology dates back to the first millennium BC in the Babylonians. When we look at the history of this word, and specifically this root, we see that one of the deities of the Babylonians is an uh, entity by the name of Nabu, which comes from the same root. And this entity was responsible for that of being a scribe, uh, was the deity of literacy, and more specifically, that of writing. His symbol included a stylus resting on a tablet. So in addition to new information, this term, Nabi, also has connotation towards written words. So knowing the root meanings and derivatives of these words helps us understand what these words mean in the context of individuals selected by God. Based on the above definitions, we can say that a messenger, a rasul, again, sends or disseminates God's message, while a prophet, nabi, is informed of God's message in the form of kitab, scripture which are God's actual written words for mankind. This definition also sheds light on why the Quran does not reference anyone other than humans selected by God as prophets. This is because only prophets are given scripture by God. We do not have any indication in the Quran that anyone other than authorized humans are given direct words from God in the form of kitab, scripture. This makes sense as angels do not need a scripture to hear God's words since they are in the presence of God and can access the source directly. Unlike humans who will not be able to see, let alone converse with God, until the hereafter. This also resolves another point that all prophets by default are messengers, but not all messengers are necessarily prophets. This is because we do not have any examples in the Quran of a prophet being given scripture, being given kitab, who did not disseminate this information to his people, that he kept it only for himself. Because the second that a prophet is given scripture, is given kitab, it's given for the purpose of disseminating that information to the people. So when a prophet is given scripture, this is what makes them a prophet. And when he shares that information from God with other people, then he's acting in the capacity of a messenger, a rasul. The clearest verse 
that distinguishes between these two functions, between a uh, prophet, a nabi, and a messenger, a rasul, is seen in Surah 3, verse 81. It reads, God took a covenant from the prophets, saying, I will give you the scripture and wisdom. So this is what the prophets receive. They are given scripture and wisdom. Afterwards, a messenger, a rasul, will come to confirm Sadak, all existing scriptures. This Arabic word, which is translated as confirm, Sadak, it means to prove true, to speak the truth. And this is what the messengers do, that the messengers are the ones who are proclaiming the truth from God to the people. And again, the prophets are the ones who are given the scripture. This is what makes them a prophet. Consistently in the Quran, we see that only prophets, Nabi, are given scripture. And the Arabic for that is Atta Kitab. Never in the Quran do we see the expression that God gave scripture, Atta Kitab, to a messenger, a Rasul. Messengers can be given ayat, signs, wahi, inspiration, bayinat, clear proofs, dhikr, a reminder, boron, evidence, hikmah, wisdom, hoda, guidance, as well as communication from angel Gabriel via ruh, spirit. But messengers are never indicated in the entire Quran to ever be given atta, scripture, kitab. This is something that's exclusive for prophets. So for instance, we read in 379, it says, Never would a human being whom God gave him the scripture, atta, kitab, wisdom and prophethood, say to the people, idolize me beside God. Instead, he would say, devote yourselves absolutely to your Lord alone, according to the scripture you preach and the teachings you learn. So we see again this connection between being given scripture and being called a prophet. In Surah 6 verse 89, it says, Those were the ones to whom we have given the scripture, wisdom, and prophethood. So again, we see this connection of being given scripture, wisdom, and prophethood. In Surah 19 verse 30, we have the testimony of Jesus as he was an infant. It says, he said, I am a servant of God. He has given me the scripture and has appointed me a prophet. In Surah 45, verse 16, we read, We have given the children of Israel the scripture, wisdom, and prophethood, and provided them with good provisions. We bestowed upon them more blessings than any other people. So from this, the takeaways is that a Nabi, a prophet, are given new information from God in the form of kitab, direct written words of God, while a messenger, a Rasul, disseminates these details of God to the people, and that all prophets are messengers, but not all messengers are prophets. So now let's look at the verses that describe the function of a messenger. In Surah 2 verse 101, it reads, now that a messenger from God has come to them, and even though he proves and confirms their own scripture, some followers of the scripture disregards God's scripture behind their backs as if they never had any scripture. So showing that the purpose of the messenger is to prove and confirm their own scriptures. This is similar to Surah 381 where it says he will confirm the previous scriptures. In Surah 61, verse 6, it reads, Recall that Jesus, son of Mary, said, O children of Israel, I am God's messenger to you, confirming the Torah 
and bringing good news of a messenger to come after me, whose name will be even more praised. Then when he showed them their clear proofs, they said this is profound magic. So again, we have this connotation of a messenger coming confirming the previous messages. In Surah 2 verse 129, we see additional functions of the messenger. It says, Our Lord, and raise among them a messenger to recite to them your revelations, teach them the scripture and wisdom, and purify them. You are the Almighty, most wise. This shows that the purpose of the messenger is the dissemination of this information from God. We see in Surah 2 verse 151, says, Blessing such as sending of a messenger from among you to recite our revelations to you, purify you, teach you the scripture and wisdom, teach you what you never knew. In 3164 it reads, God has blessed the believers by raising in their midst a messenger from among them to recite for them his revelations, to purify them, and to teach them the scripture and wisdom. Before this they had gone totally astray. This again clarifies the function of the messenger is outward facing. They are the ones who are teaching, who are purifying, who are communicating with the people regarding the message that they received. So this message, it could come in various forms. It could be kitab, it could be uh, wahi, it could be bayinat. Any inspiration, any communication that they receive from God, the second they start disseminating that information to the people, they're acting in the capacity of a messenger. It continues in Surah 5 verse 19, O people, the scripture, our messenger has come to you to explain things to you after a period of time without messengers, lest you say we did not receive any preacher or warner. A preacher and warner has now come to you. God is omnipotent. And in Surah 62 verse 2 it reads, He is the one who sent the Gentiles, a messenger from among them, to recite them his revelations, purify them, and teach them the scripture and wisdom. Before this, they had gone far astray. So while the prophets are given specifically kitab from God, messengers can receive all kinds of communication from God. But the second they start communicating that information to their people, they're acting in the capacity of a messenger. The Quran confirms that between Ishmael to Muhammad, the lineage of Ishmael did not receive prophets. They did not receive Nabi. This is because they also did not receive Kitab, scripture. This is why the Arabs were considered Gentiles, Umiyin, because the Arabs were not given scripture like that of the children of Israel. In Surah 45 verse 16 we read, we have given the children of Israel the scripture, wisdom, and prophethood, and provided them with good provisions. We bestowed upon them more blessings than any other people. This was a blessing bestowed upon the children of Israel, that they were sent prophets and scriptures. But we do not see this among the Arab lineage. If we look at the individuals in the Quran who are labeled as prophets, we see that after Abraham and Ishmael, that there is no one else who's labeled a prophet until Prophet Muhammad. So if we read Surah 6, verse 83 through 89, it has the most comprehensive list in the Quran of all the individuals who are called prophets. And it says, Such was our argument with which we supported Abraham against his people. 
We exalt whomever we will to higher ranks. Your Lord is most wise, omniscient. And we granted him Isaac and Jacob, and we guided both of them. Similarly, we guided Noah before that, and from his descendants, we guided David, Solomon, Job, Joseph, Moses, and Aaron. We thus reward the righteous. Also, Zechariah, John, Jesus, and Elias, all were righteous, and Ishmael, Eliza, Jonah, and Lot. Each of these we distinguish over all the people. From among their ancestors, their descendants, and their siblings, we chose many, and we guided them in a straight path. Such is God's guidance with which he guides whoever he chooses from among his servants. Had any of them fallen in idolatry, their works would have been nullified. Those were the ones to whom we have given scripture, wisdom, and prophethood. If these people disbelieve, we will substitute others in their place, and new people will not be disbelievers. So we see from this verse, this entire list of prophets, that all of them, after that of Ishmael, they're all from the children of Israel. And that's because the children of Israel were the only ones who received scriptures until the coming of the Quran. If we look in the Quran, there are three Arab messengers. These are Hud, Saleh, and Shweb. Nowhere in the Quran are these individuals identified as prophets, but we see consistently that they're referenced as messengers. In Surah 26, verse 123, it says, Ad disbelieved the messengers. Their brother Hud said to them, Would you not be righteous? I am an honest messenger to you, who shall reverence God and obey me. Surah 26, verse 141 through 143, it reads, Thamud disbelieved the messengers. Their brother Saleh said to them, Would you not be righteous? I am an honest messenger to you, who shall reverence God and obey me. Surah 26, verse 176 says, The people of the woods disbelieved the messengers. Shweb said to them, Would you not be righteous? I am an honest messenger to you. You shall reverence God and obey me. Nowhere in the Quran does it mention that Hud, Saleh, or Shweb were prophets, or that they were given scripture, Atta Kitab. And this makes sense, that God gave his scripture of the Quran to someone that was of the Arab lineage as a test to the children of Israel, that despite all the scriptures they've received, all the prophets they received, that the next scripture that they are to uphold is that of the Quran. And this is a major test for them. So now I want to look at one of the major rebuttals to this uh, idea that only Nabi are given scripture. Some claim that no, messengers are also given scripture. But before we get into these specific verses that individuals try to support, that messengers are the ones who are given scriptures and not prophets, we need to clarify a matter. In Arabic in the Quran, there are three words, three roots that are used for the action of sending. The first one is from the same root as Rasul, messenger, which is the word arsl. Arsl means to send. It's the most general of the three. The next word is that of bath. Bath is associated with sending, but specifically in this aspect of raising. So you'll see that this word is used almost interchangeably in the aspect to send or to raise. So in Surah 40, verse 34, it says, Joseph had come to you from before that with clear revelations, but you continue to doubt his message. Then when he died, you said, God will not send Bath any other messenger after him. 
God thus sends astray those who are transgressors, doubtful. So this concept of bath typically is associated with the connotation of raising up. So you can think of sending from the bottom up. The third Arabic root used in the Quran for the concept of sending is that of anzal. And anzal has the meaning of sending, but specifically sending down. So while you can think of bath as being sent from the bottom up, anzal would have the connotation of being sent from the top down. So for instance, we see this word used consistently when it's talking about sending down uh, water from the sky. So for instance, in Surah 2 verse tw uh, 22, it reads, The one who made the earth habitable for you and the sky a structure. He sends down from the sky water to produce all kinds of fruits for your sustenance. You shall not set up idols to rival God now that you know. This word, anzal, is used several times in the Quran in conjunction with messengers being sent down scripture. The first occurrence is in Surah 57, verse 25. It says, We sent our messengers supported by clear proofs, and we sent down to them the scripture and the law, that the people may uphold justice. So individuals are gravitating towards this word, saying that the messengers were sent down the scripture, and they're signifying that this means that they are given scripture. We see similarly in Surah 4, verse 136, is, O you who believe, you shall believe in God and his messengers, and the scripture he has sent, Anzala, to his messengers. So from these verses, some people are extrapolating that this means the messengers are the ones who are given scripture. But there's certain fundamental problems with this understanding. Firstly, as the verses we saw in the past, Every time that the word atakatab, given scripture, is used, it's always exclusively for the prophets, the Nabi. You never see atakatab associated with a Rasul, a messenger. Secondly, we see that this is saying that the messengers were sent scripture. But if this was a quality exclusively for the messengers to distinguish between messenger, a rasul, and a nabi, a prophet, then we wouldn't expect to see Anzal Kitab, that the uh, God sent down his scripture, apply to a nabi, a prophet. But we see in the following verse that this is actually associated also with prophets. In Surah 2 verse 213, it says, The people used to be one community, and God sent the prophets as bearers of good news as well as warners. He sent down Anzala with them the scripture. So this is showing that both the prophets, the Nabi, and the Rasul are sent down the scripture. So this does not distinguish that only messengers are given scriptures. If anything, we see that both the prophets and the messengers are sent down the scripture. But there's one other major flaw with this understanding. If we are to say that only the messengers are to receive scripture and not the prophets, this would utterly nullify the claim that the Quran is the final scripture. The reason the Quran is the final scripture to mankind is because Prophet Muhammad was the final prophet. Nowhere in the Quran do we see that the prophet is called the final messenger. If we are to believe that messengers are the ones who actually receive scripture, who receive kitab, that means that there still could be future scriptures to come. And this creates a major contradiction. The only reason we say that the Quran is the final scripture 
is because only prophets are given kitab. And the Quran clarifies that Prophet Muhammad was the final prophet. In Surah 33, verse 40, it reads, Muhammad was not the father of any man among you. He was a messenger, a rasul of God, and the final khatam nabi. God is fully aware of all things. Nowhere in the Quran does it specify that Muhammad was the final the khatam of the rasul. It only specifies that he was the final the khatam of the Nabi, the seal of the prophets. And this is like a signet. When you sign a letter and you put the stamp on it, you're finalizing the process. And this is what the Quran stands. The Quran is the final testament. It is the final scripture to mankind. And the reason we come to that understanding is because we realize from the verses of the Quran that it's only the prophets who are given scripture, atta kitab. And for summary, so God sends Anzal, both prophets and messengers, kitab. Only prophets are given scripture, direct words from God to be written down, to be shared with people. The second that a prophet shares information with people, they're acting in the capacity of a messenger. Since Muhammad was the final prophet, this means that the Quran is the final scripture. If messengers are given scriptures, then there can be a scripture to come after the Quran. And this is the fundamental flaw in this understanding that messengers are the ones who are given scripture. And to summarize these points, we saw firstly that there's a categorical difference between a prophet and a messenger. We saw that prophets are a subset of messengers, that only human beings throughout the entire Quran are signified as prophets, and only prophets are given scripture. That once an individual starts sharing information given to them by God, they are acting in the capacity of a rasul, a messenger. And that messengers are not limited to just humans, that we see that there's angel messengers, and there's also messengers who serve worldly functions, showing that this is a function that anyone can partake in. But when it comes to being a prophet, this is someone that is only selected by God to be given direct words from God in the form of kitab. So hopefully this resolves the categorical differences between a prophet and a messenger. So God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments, questions, you want to talk to like-minded individuals, please join us on our Discord server. The invite link is below. If you want to follow the verses of the Quran, please download the Quran Study app on the iOS App Store. If you don't have an iOS device, you can go to QuranStudyApp.com website. And if you want to get more information about the Quran, the message, and other ideas like the one discussed today, you can check out the QuranicLabs.com website. And until next time, peace and God bless.